Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. Uh, we will break down uh, NFL Week 8. Uh, but first, of course, we will start with the World Series. Uh, the Rangers have a 2-1 lead. At uh, the time we are recording this, uh, after taking Game 3 in Arizona, um, a lot of big sales to talk about another back and forth um, series. Uh, you know, we discussed last week that this was involving two long shot teams. And so um, when when you have two long shot teams in a championship, it's going to it's going to spell good things uh, for the secondary marketplace. So um, first one I will jump into um was a uh, a paper ticket from from a customer who uh, has not sold a lot of tickets with us, but every time he does, I feel like these are just they're just heaters um, that that he comes with. Uh, so before the season, this customer placed a fifty dollar bet on the Diamondbacks to win the World Series uh, at one hundred and twenty to one odds, uh, and then prior to Game One of the World Series, he sold that fifty dollar ticket for two thousand one hundred dollars on prop swap that is a 41x return for the seller uh meanwhile the buyer received odds of plus 188 uh which was compared to plus 145 at the sports books um and then luke you'll be happy to know that this seller has another ticket um that he listed for sale but uh is currently not for sale but another ticket he holds that is 75 dollars at 120 to one odds uh that will collect nine thousand dollars if it wins so um you know just all around kudos to uh to this customer yeah yeah, he clearly is taking advantage taking advantage of our go for two slogan where you make two tickets on the same team and you can sell one as the playoffs progress and then free roll the other ticket for some additional upside. And I was going to say, you know, even though he's not using us a lot, you mentioned that when he does use us, it's it's a heater meaning, you know, he's making a ton of cash from us in this case a 40 40x return. To me, like he is making bets with prop swap in mind and then just coming to us when he has just a massive profit potential and probably is just, you know, in his mind, maybe it's not worth it to sell it for 10, 20 X. Obviously we, we can probably refute that, but um, uh, it seems like he's, you know, has a number in his head. Maybe it's 25 X uh, on his, on his original bet amount and then he'll come to us. So to me, he's definitely making bets with us in mind, which is great. Yeah, no, it's funny when I was, when I was, you know, um, typing up what we're going to talk about today and, and going through all these sales. I was just looking at that ticket and I was just like, man, bend the D backs before the, before the season <laughs> even starts at 120 to one. I mean, look, you could be the most, you know, in tune baseball better out there. Like that is a, that's a, a crazy bet to make. If, if your plan is just to, if, you know, without prop swap, that's kind of a crazy bet to make. But uh, mm -hmm. to your point, I got, you got to imagine that, you know, when he makes these tickets, he's, he's making, He's making with props off mine. That's why he's making multiple. He's putting them in smaller increments, right? So instead of making one bet for $125, he made one for 50, one for 75. And I don't think it's coincidence that once his $50 ticket sold for 2100, he then removed the other ticket off the marketplace, um, you know, probably just to say, okay, look, I, I made two grand of profit right there and I'm going to let it ride on the other one for, for 9K. I mean, at least, at least for now, yeah? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, you know, we we had our picks last week. I, I thought the D backs could do it. I still think they can do it. Uh, we'll see. They're obviously in a hole here. Um, but I like this team, so we'll see how the rest of the series goes. But I, I don't know. I think they can still turn it around. But Rangers currently minus two fifty. So looking. Oh, sorry, minus three hundred. My gosh, Texas minus three hundred now. So it's going to be a tough turnaround. Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, by the time people hear this. I'm guessing uh, four games, maybe in five games, will be in the books by the time by the time you're listening to this. I listen. I, I'd be shocked if the Rangers go into Arizona um, and win all three. So I think you know, I think it's very likely that they're going back to Texas with Rangers up three two. And as the D back showed in game two, they can win anywhere, right? So like honestly, I was um, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll look as we're as we're going. I, I'm be, I'd be curious to see if there's odds on like just the odds of this game of this series going seven games, like not, not you know, necessarily who's going to win in game, you know, who to win in mm-hmm. seven games. But um, I would be curious to see if there's a prop on this thing going seven. Yeah. Cause I think that's, that's pretty likely. Yeah. FanDuel has it, um, but it's locked right now. So um, right. we'll, uh, we'll report back next week when it's probably going to be over, but uh, yes, yeah, so you can, you can definitely bet stuff like that. It's just locked. Cause we, we record this right when the game's over. Yeah, um, you know, maybe maybe it'll, it'll open before uh, we're done. We're done. We're, we're done taping. But um, next, I wanted to talk about um, was just a more a smaller ticket, but on the Rangers um, in June, a customer placed a hundred and fifty dollar bet on the Rangers to win the World Series at fourteen to one odds, uh, and then prior to Game One, sold that ticket for thirteen eighty four, uh, an over eight x return for that customer. Uh, buyer received odds of one minus one fifty nine, which was compared to minus one seventy five at the sports books. Um, and just you know, my only note here was just you know, in those couple days after the uh, NLCS was over and before Game One started, there was a ton of tickets that were being uh, purchased at better odds than all the sports books. Right, like you've got D backs at plus one eighty eight. Rangers at, at minus one fifty nine. Um, you know, it was it was action uh, all all over the place of of people um, getting better odds, and so you know that that's you know we talk a lot about selling on this on this podcast, but I think it should be noted that um, again, I think this is a function of people having these double digit, triple digit odds tickets. Um, you can scoop up some really good deals here um, because the people may not have the the cash to hedge or um, you know. We, we run promotions and have rewards points that allow people to have uh, commission-free sales. So um, really good value in those, uh, in those days leading up to game one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we, on this podcast, we talk about selling a lot because that's how we make our inventory. Like people have to post tickets or else we have nothing to sell. That's the difference between us and a sports book. But yeah, make no mistake. People, buyers on PropSwap get killer deals every single day if you're submitting. And I encourage, I, I do a lot of interviews around the country, and I encourage everyone, like, just because the price you see on PropSwap, it may be at market, it may be better than market, it may be below market, but submit a bid and, like, just see if the seller will accept your bid. And, like, I can rest assured more than 50% of the time he or she is going to take that lower bid, and you can get a really killer killer price on whatever team you're looking for yeah um look sellers they want to make sure they're not leaving any money on the table so they will price it for one thing um and then wait to see if a bid comes in because you know 
again, it's all about, you know, people love to be in control, right? Like they love to set their price, be in control. And so, you know, if they set it at a price and then it sells at that price, they're going to go walking away being like, ah, could I have gotten a few bucks more? You know, um, you know, they, they may have some remorse about that, about that. But if they click accept on that bid, then they feel better being like, you know what? Like it was presented in front of me and I, I clicked accept and, you know, that was that was the highest bit that came in before the game started. So uh, I feel good about that. So um, to your point, yeah, uh, I always encourage people to uh, submit bids because you would be shocked um, at um, the willingness of a seller to accept a bid. It's you know, there's a reason why you know sellers can can set a price that uh, that says you know don't show me a bid that that's less than this price, but. If they set that, if they set a price for that, and then a bid comes in above it, like realistically, that means that like they're open to accepting that. Agreed. Um, and then probably the biggest, uh, most interesting sale um, is is this twelve thousand dollar Diamondbacks ticket. Uh, we've talked about it a couple times. So last week, you know, we talked about how a customer um, he purchased this Diamondbacks World Series ticket, collect amount of. Um, it was, this customer purchased it for 95 in September, and then he resold it after Arizona lost game five of the NLCS for 725. And we discussed last week how, um, he could have sold it for more after game four, waited until after game five, which Arizona lost. Um, so he, so he turned 95 into 725, you know, no, no shame there whatsoever being down three, two. The customer who purchased it for seven twenty-five waited until the D-backs won Game Two, and then decided now is the time to cash out for him. Uh, and then before Game Three, he resold that ticket for five thousand three hundred and fifty dollars. So uh, an over six X return, um, and what about a forty-five hundred dollar profit in just one week, turning seven twenty-five into 53.50 on all on prop swap buying and flipping um and then meanwhile the buyer um who paid 53.50 he received odds of plus 122 uh which was better than every sports book um prior to game three i mean i saw d-backs as low as plus 105 at points bet plus 110 at caesars the best number i saw was plus 118 at fanduel um and this buyer on props I've got plus 122. So, you know, obviously hindsight's 2020, D-backs lose, lose game three. But uh, once again, um, just a, a great story uh, all around there. Yeah. And uh, those prices you're quoting are in your, if you're in a legal betting state, remember that we are active in some non-legal betting states. So uh, get even better pricing. And obviously we are legal. We've, of course, talked to the respective regulators to make sure that Everything is on the up and up. So if you are in a state like California or Texas or Florida where you don't have access to DraftKings and FanDuel, check us out. Um, that price may be uh, the best you got. Yeah. No, I mean, look, obviously uh, there are bookies everywhere. Um, and so, you know, we're not we're not saying we're, we're you know, displacing uh, any uh, corner store or, uh, or headshot bookies. But, um, yeah, I mean, look. 50 to buy something for 5350 I'm, I'm guessing not every bookies look may may want to take that action so um yeah if you're you know we are in exactly that that's the best price for people uh, who have access to all those sports books i just named and also a great price for people who don't have access to all those sports books that I, that i named but um 
but yeah, just a, a really good, I mean, just a really cool um, story all around for that ticket. Again, guy turns 95 into 725, and then another person turns 725 into 5350. And mind you, this is all off of a $50 parlay, <laughs> by, uh, by the way, right? So um, once again, I think this is what this is the third or fourth time this ticket is sold. So uh, once again, just really cool. And, um, you know, could not have asked for a better World Series where it's two long shots, even matchup, back and forth. I mean, you know, to have to be two games in and basically be, be a coin flip, uh, you know, pretty close game in game three. Um, so definitely uh, excited for the, the rest, you know, the rest of the, uh, the games to come. Um, so that's about it for the baseball for now. Like I said, I'm sure, I'm sure when we talk to you next week, there'll be some other uh, cool sales before the series is wrapped up. So uh, I thought we would transition over to some NFL action week eight recap. Um, the first thing I had written down was just, uh, Will Levis. Um, I feel like a lot of people forgot about him. I mean, he was like the, the talk of the draft, right? He slipped, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, dropped out of round one after being, you know, potentially a top five, top 10 pick. Um, you know, his girlfriend broke, you know, that was, that was sitting next to him the entire time, broke up with him a couple of months ago. Uh, so he finally gets his first start goes 19 for 29, 238 yards passing, four touchdowns. Um, and immediately I started thinking like, what's this guy's rookie of the year odds, right? I mean, we saw Brock Purdy come in late into the season last year and granted he didn't win, but he he got right into that conversation. Obviously the, the Titans aren't as good all around as, as the 49ers are, but um, I was looking into it. He was 200 to one to win rookie of the year. Uh, in week three, uh, and then uh, sports books basically started taking his odds off the board, right? Because the guy's not playing, they're going to stop offering odds on him. Um, but uh, one of our customers, um, uh, at guy in the cornfields, uh, his name's Weston, um, he tweeted at us saying um, he got 100 to 1 on Levis at Caesars on October 17th. So um, shout out to uh, to Weston. Um, I wonder if we'll we'll be seeing that ticket uh, for sale at some point. He is now thirty three to one um, at at FanDuel. So uh, I'll ask you, Luke, is this kind of like a one week wonder or a sign of things to come for for Levis and the Titans? I don't trust them enough yet. Uh, they beat the Falcons, so let's you know let's pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, to me, it, this is going to be C.J. Shrouds to lose. Um, and then Puka Nakua at coming up really close second. Now the Rams getting the doors blown off by the Cowboys doesn't bode well for Puka. I would think that they just continue to stink that that's not going to bode well for him as opposed to the Texans, which are outperforming expectations. Most people thought the Texans would be at the second worst team in the league. And they're doing a little bit better than that with a record of three and four. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those two guys. And then Jameer Gibbs is having a, uh, excellent you know middle of the season here once david montgomery comes back i think he'll fade out so i think it's mostly cj shrouds um to lose but yeah if you got a will levis ticket to me like i would sell that immediately like this week i would sell that yeah so you mentioned something about cj strouds to lose um granted obviously strouds gonna have played you know way more games if he stays healthy that's always an if for sure say again Big, big knock on wood there to stay healthy yeah, for sure. Right. He's got to stay healthy. But the other thing too is, is 
CJ Stroud doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins or Derrick Henry, right? Like um, there are more, you know, the Texans, uh, you know, I'm, I've been betting on them. Uh, I, you know, I, I put, I staked them a couple weeks ago for AFC South, um, but they do not have the weapons that the, that the Titans have. Um, obviously there was rumors of, of Derrick Henry being traded. Um, if he's not traded, uh, you know, then the Titans have, have a way better offense. Uh, and so, I mean, the fact that, it took this long for Hopkins to get his first touchdown reception of the, of the year. Oh, was that? Um, wow. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I think I think defenses will now, you know, as they get film on Levis, they'll they'll start to game plan from a little better. But uh, I would I would say that that number is probably going to come down. Um, it's gonna it's gonna become down, it's gonna come down lower than thirty three to one. It's really easy for a quarterback to to win this award. So. Um, I, I think he's got a few more good games in him, but um, it will be interesting to see if, if Stroud can maintain that minus 145 um, favorite, you know, lead he has uh, right now. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely a story that we'll be watching as the season progresses. Um, and then just, by the way, jumping back for a second, uh, odds are now back up on the total games. Uh, five games plus 285, six games plus 142, and seven games plus 164. So for this thing to go seven, you can get plus 164 right now. Not a not a bad bet. Yeah. Um, you know, and if and if it's and if it is three two, um, you know, heading back to Texas, obviously will be three two someone, but um, you know, maybe you can throw a hedge on you know whoever whoever uh is up three to two uh mm-hmm. heading heading into uh heading into uh game six mm-hmm. um and then the other thing uh i want to talk about in terms of week eight was just the 49ers losing their third straight game you know obviously there was that you know lost to, at you know in cleveland against a really good defense in a crappy weather game okay then they lose to minnesota on monday night uh, that's okay. That's a little more concerning. And then the absolutely got pretty much dominated by the Bengals at home on, on Sunday. And, and so I know you're more down on the 49ers than, than I am. So is this, do you think this is proving that the 49ers are, are not, you know, the, one of the best in the NFC, or do you think this is just, again, just a kind of a blip on the radar in terms of just a long season? Yeah, I, I'm losing uh, faith in this team pretty quickly. Um, I, I'll i dive into this topic more during Stager Swap, but yeah, I'm, I'm losing faith pretty quickly in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Trent Williams was, was out. Uh, mm-hmm. Debo was out. Um, and so, you know, this team needs to be healthy uh, for, for them to succeed, right? I mean, Brock Purdy is good, but he is not someone who can who can kind of put the team on his shoulders. Um, and the other thing too is let's not forget Joe Burrow is pretty good. I mean, we talked, you know, we, 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 I think you staked the Bengals last week or two weeks ago. Um, and we talked about how this, you know, they needed that bye week, they needed to get healthy. Um, I personally was on Bengals money line, um, to, to win that game. Again, I thought it was just a good spot for them coming off the bye week and you know, the Bengals are, are a good team. So, um, I, again, I'm, I'm higher on the 49ers than you are, but if if that team is healthy going into the playoffs, I would be shocked if they weren't in the NFC Championship game, at least. Um, so I'm not ready to necessarily write them off. I think that this is just kind of a bad stretch during a long, long season, you know? Um, so 
any other uh, any other thoughts from uh, from the NFL? Um, Bills looked shaky again on uh, on Thursday night. They like could have lost that game uh, in in theory. Like there was chances to lose. I know they ended up winning by six, but they looked shaky. Um, man, did the Packers stink? Um, and they started out so well. I realized their first game was the Bears, but. I thought Jordan Love was a lot better than he's looked so far. It's it's his first season, so I'm not ready to to criticize to criticize him as much as I am of Justin Fields, who's in his third. Um, and then Seahawks keep winning. Look out for the Seahawks. I think that team could do some damage. They they didn't almost beat the Niners in the playoffs, but like they hung around for like three quarters. Um, and then yeah, Chiefs look, look. Chiefs just had a clunker. I think Patrick Mahomes was ill, so not going to look too much into that one. And then uh, lastly, Ravens probably a little look ahead game. They only beat the the Cardinals by seven. Yeah, they should have dominated the Cardinals, but just had a great win last week and probably were just sleepwalking. I mean, they were dominating the Cardinals, and then I think it was kind of a, a miraculous backdoor cover uh, by by the Cardinals. But um, you, you brought up the Chiefs. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, late news that Mahomes was was sick. Um, you know, Swift Taylor wasn't in attendance, so obviously we know that how how that affects uh, Kelsey's performance. But um, do you think that the lack of weapons in Kansas City has kind of finally uh, caught caught up to them? I mean, right now, I mean they're still the the favorite for for most regular season wins. Mahomes is the favorite for for MVP. Um, I'm I'm pulling up the uh, the numbers here because. Mahomes has 15 passing touchdowns compared to eight interceptions uh, this year. That is that is not a uh, yeah. a great uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Meanwhile, Russell Wilson, 16 touchdowns to four interceptions. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, I I was kind of scouring the MVP odds. I I I don't see Mahomes winning. You know, winning a back to back MVP with the lack of weapons, that touchdown interception ratio. Um, you know, so I was like, you know, could be, I think this could be Hertz here right now at plus 350. Also, Lamar at plus 600, I thought it was uh, interesting. But um, do you, you know, do you just count on the Chiefs to, that are, there's going to get that, that round one by and, and, and be in the AFC Championship game? Yeah, I still trust him. I, I trust Andy Reid immensely. I, I argued with him about his time in Philadelphia before he kind of found success in, in Kansas City. I, I'm a huge fan of his. Huge fan of Mahomes, huge fan of Travis Kelsey. I've, we've joked about this on the pod many times. <laughs> I think uh, I think Joe Buck, whoever was calling the game, made, made a reference to it too. Like, yes, teams are game planning for Travis Kelsey, but he's literally just too smart and like crafty to find openings in the zone. So, yeah, I, I just trust those three immensely, Travis, Patrick, and Andy, that I think they'll figure it out. And look, they, they played this Broncos team like three weeks ago. They're just sleepwalking through this. And And yeah. like I said, Mahomes seemed like he was ill. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I, um, Adam Schefter, I report on Saturday about like how much snow there was projected to be, um, in, at, at mile high, I, I live in Denver and he, he wasn't lying or wrong, but he was quoting like a, a, a number that's like basically over a 24 hour period. So like it dumped snow all day, Saturday and Saturday night, like kind of into Sunday morning. But like that, that was it. So like, yes, over a 24 hour period, there was like eight inches of snow. But by the time the game started at 
225 on on Sunday like they were it was they were gonna have it cleaned up and so I think a lot of people were expecting it to be like oh it's gonna be a snow game like all the you know Chiefs are gonna run the ball on the Broncos like I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there being like mm, no like it's that the, the snow's done it'll be cleaned up like uh and yeah I think people were disappointed to, to see that um, so, uh, before we get into steak or swap, uh, it is that time of the show, uh, for Luke learns, um, we're going to be doing a little baseball, uh, this time we we've been doing football recently, but a little baseball this time. So, uh, during game three of the world series, Corey Seager hit his 18th career postseason home run, uh, that tied Carlos Correa for second most all time among shortstops. Mm. Who is the leader for most postseason home runs by a shortstop? It's a great question. Um, I, my I mind goes to A Rod, but you know he played, was playing third when he was at the Yankees, so it can't be him. So that's that's my best guess. I'm running through all the different shortstops, like Red Sox, no, you know, no one on the Yankees. I'm just thinking of teams that have won a lot of playoff games over the last decade and like no one has really had a power hitting shortstop so yeah a-rad's my best no, guess. no one on the yankees uh played shortstop for a lot of games <laughs> well the, jeter's just not a power hitter is it is it well, Derek jeter well, Derek jeter is the correct answer oh my gosh wow okay <laughs> uh Derek jeter 20 home runs uh 20 postseason home runs all time wow. now that is over the course of 158 yeah. games uh, Seeger has gotten to 18 in 75 games. So, uh, funny. yeah, fair, fair to say probably Seeger will, will eventually Seeger or Correa will probably, uh, break that record at some point during the careers, but yeah, nice. Derek good, Jeter good currently holds the record. So, um, yeah, thank you for, uh, thank you for playing. Um, I, th- I thought you were going to have it. You're like Yankees. No, I'm like, there's, there's, a, you know, I, I, I get it. He's not, he's not a power hater, but when you play 158 postseason games, uh, you may, you may rack up a few, uh, you may rack up a few home runs. So, um, speaking of home runs, we'll, we'll hit some home runs coming up in steak or swap. First up, uh, we'll be talking a little college football going out west. Uh, Oregon Ducks uh, to win the college football championship are currently 14 to 1. Um, I will go first. I am staking Oregon at 14 to 1. Um, they are coming off of uh, what was going to be probably their hardest remaining game on the schedule at Utah and absolutely crushed uh, the Utes on the road. Um, you know, in what, you know, in a place that a lot of teams, uh, have lost over the years, uh, Oregon currently third in the country in yards per game. Bo Nix is first in the country in completion percentage. Uh, he has a 21 to one pass, uh, passing touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, and it's not just all offense. Their defense is 14th in the country in, in points allowed. Um, their two toughest remaining games are uh, USC and Oregon State, both at home. Uh, Autzen is a really tough place to play. Uh, and then, you know, if they win out, uh, they control their own destiny. If they win out, they would go to the Pac-12 championship and most likely face Washington uh, in that game. Uh, obviously, uh, we all know that Oregon lost to Washington, but 
only by three after some questionable fourth down calls. Um, this would be in a new at a neutral field. I would like Oregon in that in that spot, and they're currently the favorite uh, to win the Pac-12 at plus one ten. And so, if if you believe that they're going to win the Pac-12, I would strongly think that a one loss Pac-12 champion that lost at Washington would make it to the college football championship. Uh, you know, to the playoff. Um, and at that point, you could flip it at, for probably three, three and a half extra money, right? And that's compared to their plus 165 to um, to make the college football championship. So you would make more money betting 14 to one right now and then selling it before the playoff than you would just betting them right now to make the playoff. So for those reasons, I'm staking Oregon at 14 to one. Yeah. Um, I guess inside information on Utah, um, bring up in a sec, but yeah, I will stake Oregon as well. Um, I've been on the Ohio state train for a few weeks now. They are plus seven fifty. So if you give me double the money on Oregon, I'll take that. I think both of those two teams will get into the CFP, but like I just said, you'll make two X the money. If you take Oregon versus Ohio state, you'll only get half of that. Um, I do think Ohio state would beat Oregon, but point of this exercise is, Hey, find a team now with lower odds and then you can sell once they get to the CFP. So I would stake Oregon, uh, the inside information on Utah. I was going to say, yes, they did beat Oregon did beat Utah, but like no cam rising. And apparently he is cleared to play, but he's just not because he's going to the pros, but like he's medically, he's been medically cleared, cleared to play for like three weeks. So uh, I met, um, Kyle Whittingham's uh, niece out in San Diego. She lives out there and she's like, yeah, like he's been cleared to play. So they're just, he's just sitting on his own watch. So he doesn't get hurt before the draft, which I'm waiting for Caleb Williams to stop playing because <laughs> Caleb Williams, like that season's over. And I don't know why he's still out there. He is a lock to be the number one pick. And can you imagine, God forbid he, you know, tears his, his Achilles or something. His Achilles injuries are popping up with Kirk Cousins over the weekend but yeah i'm waiting for caleb to sit down but anyways uh yeah i'll stake i'll stake oregon as well i like the price i don't think they win the natty but i think they can get to the cfp that's interesting um i mean two things one i think caleb would still be the number one pick even if he did get hurt i mean um the guy is you know pretty you know or you know maybe number two uh, behind drake may um and the other thing too you just you mentioned about, about ohio state there's no one on Oregon schedule that is get a, a, a game as tough as at Michigan. Um, and yeah. Uh, so if, if, and if Ohio state loses to, to Michigan, they will not make the big game and probably won't go to the playoffs. So um, yeah, that, that's, I, you know, I, I would like Oregon over Ohio state for, for those reasons. So um, next up um, staying out West, we'll be talking once again about the, uh, about the 49ers um, kind of dive a little deeper Currently plus five fifty right now at DraftKings to win the Super Bowl. Um, Luke, we will start with you first. Are you staking or swapping the 49ers? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm swapping this team at plus five fifty. They are the second best team according to DraftKings right now, and I do not agree with that in the slightest. We've been making uh, some jokes about the Niners odds for the past month. They were down to plus 350 a few weeks ago before the aforementioned losing streak. I don't get it. Um, I think the Lions at their peak can beat them. They've looked sluggish the last two weeks, so they need to get it together. I think the Eagles would beat them. Um, my Super Bowl pick was in the beginning of the season, the Bengals versus the Eagles. 
So I fully believe that the Bengals could beat the Niners, and obviously they did over the weekend. Yeah, I just and I get it. Trent Williams didn't play, so like that that should be factored in here. But like injuries are part of the NFL, and this happens every single year that star players get hurt. Um, and the Bengals D, Bengals D is third worst against the run. And then they're still bottom half against the pass. So like, if you can't contain those guys without Trent Williams, like you got, you have larger issues. So the offensive line is a problem. And I like we've discussed a bunch on this podcast, the, like the phenomenon, AKA like the, the ability to watch quarterbacks film and find their weaknesses is really important in the NFL. And it's a very popular tactic. Obviously film is everything. And I just think teams have started to watch a lot of film on Purdy and found what what his weaknesses are. So, um, yeah, uh, shout out Dennis Green. Uh, I don't think SF is who we thought they were in his his rant after losing to the Bears back in 2006. But, um, yeah, I just I would be be swapping them in plus 550. Um all, all fair points, but I'm I'm staking uh, the 49ers at, at plus 550. Um, look, this is what we do, right? We we buy low, right? So the three straight losses, everyone now is is down on on the 49ers through these stats now about how you know Kyle Sh- uh, Shanahan hasn't won a, has he's like 0 and 28 when his team is losing by eight or more in the fourth quarter. Um, so everyone's super down on them, but. Let's not forget three, you know, four weeks ago we were talking about how just stacked this team was, how, how talented they were. Um, like I said, Trent Williams was out, Debo was out. Um, this, like, you, you can't look at the team moving forward, um, like you know, if if they're not going to have the, the, those two guys. Yes, injuries are a part of it, but um, assuming that they get those guys back, Debo and Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey is about to set the record for most consecutive games with a touchdown. Um, I've seen this team win too many games uh, against good teams, you know, just smash the Cowboys who, and, and, and I like the Cowboys. So um, we could look back later the season being like, man, they were five and a half to one, six to one. Like that, th- those were great odds. This is what we do. We buy low. And so um, I am, I'm staking the 49ers right now uh, coming off a three game losing streak because you got to buy low to, in order to sell high. So um that will do it uh, for for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, uh, please feel free to tweet at us at PropSwap or send us an email, info, I-N-F-O, at PropSwap.com. Um, we will be talking a little basketball, uh, NBA, uh, coming up the next week or two uh, after we wrap up the World Series. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week. 